Oh, howdy ho, officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were minding our own business, just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. You have reached the Disenfranchised Podcast, where that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me as always, a man, a good-looking man, more or less, but with a good heart, is my co-host, Brett Wright. Brett? Hello, Stephen. How we doing tonight, Brett? I've been better. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you're at least excited to talk about this movie we're talking about. Um, I am, yes. Well, that's good. And uh, also joining us is our is our very own Tucker, a man who may or may not be uh, high on prescription medication at this very moment. Uh, it is actually Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Hello, Stephen. How are we I, doing uh, that, man? I actually don't have a prescription, unfortunately. Oh, so these are all recreational. Always recreational. <laughs> right on. All right. I think that's about it for the accent tonight. Um, I, I did kind of want to see how long I could keep that up, but I, I got bored with it myself. Um, hey, it's it's we're back. Disenfranchised. Hey, everybody. Um, and uh, we are uh, continuing our second theme month of 2023. Don't worry. They're not all going to be theme months, but, you know, the first couple are. Um, and, uh, we're, we're doing spooky thon again. October was a weird month for disenfranchised for a lot of reasons. And so we decided we'd call a mulligan and do spooky thon all over again. Uh, and so this week, uh, Brett, what are we talking about? We're talking about Tucker and Dale versus evil 2010s Tucker and Dale versus evil, uh, directed by Eli Craig and starring Tyler Labine, Alan Tudyk, the great Alan Tudyk. Katrina Bowden, Jesse Moss, Philip Granger, Brandon J. McLaren, Christy Lang, Shalan Sim- Simmons, excuse me, uh, Travis Nelson, Alex Arsenault, and Adam Beauchene. What a cast, gentlemen. What a picture. It's me We're... and Dale versus Evil. Right. No big boy. That's why I said we have our very own Tucker. Holler at your boy. I mean, and Brett's kind of got a, a Tyler Labine thing going on, which I guess makes me evil. So, all right, Tucker and Brett it. versus evil or uh, Steven. I, mean, um, <laughs> I love you too. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, we are here to talk about uh, a movie that uh, I think all of us really enjoy, uh, honestly, and a movie they've been uh, pretty much teasing us with a sequel to for the better part of the last what 11 12 years something like that since it came out yeah Yeah. pretty much um this one started on the festival circuit in the late 2010s and then finally got the a limited theatrical release in uh about the summer i think of 2011 um but a one of my favorite uh deconstructions of uh of horror honestly it's 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 this Shaun of the Dead's another good one. Um, Cabin in the Woods. Like, there are some really solid deconstructions of the genre, but I think this is this is one that I particularly enjoy. 
Uh, when did when did we all kind of first come into contact with this one? Uh, Tucker, you you probably saw this one in theaters, am I right? I did not. I had a very limited theatrical run, and I was not aware of it until after that. I actually uh, was interested in it when I heard about it because, well, I mean, obviously Alan Tudyk is really rad, but also I was a big fan of Tyler Labine because he was in this show I watched called Reaper. Reaper. Which was real, real good. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think I caught the pilot. Uh, it's got the great Ray Wise from Twin Peaks in it, which is yes, great. Yes, Ray Wise is the devil. Uh, so this kid's parents sell his soul to the devil before he's born. So I don't remember why. Um, and so what the devil wants him to do is collect all the souls that have escaped from hell. So it's kind of a monster of the week sort of thing. Uh, and Tyler Labine plays a character in that show called Sock. And, As one uh, does. Like that character, like that show, like Tyler Labine. So I watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil as soon as it, as soon as I was aware of it. Brett, um, what about you? What was your first exposure to Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I don't remember when I found it. Um, it had, I think it was like. Is fairly recently, maybe like past six or seven years, maybe less. Um, but I was just, you know, strolling around looking for a movie to watch, and I saw what looked like a horror movie with Alan Tudyk in it, and I was like, I have to watch this, right? Um, and as it turns out, that was a very good call. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is one I think I watched shortly after I started getting into the horror genre as a whole. Um, I think the ex and I were kind of flipping through some streaming services and we found this one and I was just kind of like, I don't know, this looks kind of funny. What do you think? And she was like, yeah. So we watched it and we both were kind of like, that was really fun. We, we really liked that. I've revisited it a couple times since then. Actually, funny story. The, the podcast I did prior to this one, the rule, rule of thirds podcast with, um, among others, friend of the show, uh, Sam Gumas, and our, our mutual friend, Caleb Dunkerson. Um, we actually talked about Tucker and Dale versus Evil on a episode where we talked about um, films that defy genre convention. Uh, and we covered that alongside uh, Harold and Maude and um, Your Name, the Japanese anime Your Name. Ooh, I like Harold and Maude. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's a fucking great movie. But I like Your Name. Win. Also good. Your Name, also a fucking great movie. Like, that was... I like- like Maybe one too, of my Brett. favorite lineups. Just as long as you don't call me by your name, I think we're okay. Um. So yeah, that's <laughs> great. Love that. I know. I know Tucker's going to keep that long, awkward pause in there too, especially now that uh, I called it out. I cut out everything that's over two seconds. So, if it's over two seconds, we'll see. Guess we'll we see what will. happens. I guess we will. Uh, dear listener, count out two seconds. Well, I guess you'd have to rewind. Never mind. Scratch that. Anyway. <laughs> and, and if it was over two seconds, you probably edited it out. So there you go. Yeah, I, I realized that. That's why I kind of, yeah, backpedaled a bit. Tucker, cut all this out. Um, I shan't. <laughs> Damn you, sir. Thank you. So that is our our experiences with uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, 
impressions. What, what? Obviously, this is a movie we all like. Um, I'm, I'm so I just complete my mind went completely blank. <laughs> what the fuck do we even do on this podcast? Oh, <laughs> you lost the plot for a minute. Do I need to what take is over? This? All right, guys. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Our host has malfunctioned. I told you mentally I was not in a great place today. <laughs> Steven's face just reads error 404. Oh, God. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, we all like this movie, man. That's what you're saying. We all like it. Fuck me. I don't know, man. And we were going to talk about it. I guess, I guess we are. <laughs> like, what, okay, are we even, so what do we even fucking do on this podcast? I I, we're like, all right, man, I got it. Hold what on, is man. life even about? This is like I'm a co-host for a reason. All right. So you got um, the spread. I believe in you. Help me. So like, okay. So Cabin in the Woods subverts the horror tropes in, a, in, in its specific way and more of like a slasher style, but like general horror. This seems to focus specifically on the hillbilly genre and like your Texas chainsaws and whatnot. Your Texas chainsaws, your um, hills, hills have, have eyes. eyes. Hills have eyes, right? Yeah. I was literally trying to think of the hills have eyes. Thank right. you. Yes, I mean, look, look, that's why I took over. Um, so, like, what do you think? Maybe this does better than Cabin in the Woods, or vice versa. Are they or are they on the same level? in terms of subversion of the horror genre well I, I think for me uh they're not really i don't consider them to be too similar i get that they're they're doing the same thing um and they're both comedies yeah but i would argue that tucker and dale is a comedy first and cabin in the woods is a horror first i i I, I think I get where you're coming from. I, I think Cabin in the Woods is a movie that manages to be very funny and legitimately scary. This movie doesn't pack a lot of scares. Um, there are maybe a, few, a handful of jump scares in this one, but it's not really heavy on that. Whereas Cabin in the Woods is legitimately, has legitimately has some scary moments in it. But I think that what they're doing, they're doing in two very different ways. Like this feels like, Cabin in the Woods feels like a peek behind the curtain in a lot of ways. Whereas literally and figuratively. Exactly. Yeah. And and you still have the the regular degular horror movie running up top, but then there's this whole su- literal sub-level to the movie where you've got these kind of people flipping switches and and going through the machinations of of, of what's happening behind the scenes and and literally orchestrating a horror movie. It's a it's in effect, it's a movie about making movies. Um, in a really weird kind of way. Um, whereas Tucker and Dale versus evil flips the entire script is what if there are these teenagers who think they're in a horror movie and as far as they're concerned are in a horror movie, but really they're just in a buddy comedy where everything is going horribly awry. So one person's buddy comedy is another person's horror movie. So I, I see where you're coming. They're, they're attacking this in two completely different ways, but I like the way that they subvert the expectations because you see a movie like Tucker and Dale versus evil. And I, I think I'm going to, and particularly given the cover where you've got Tyler Labine on the cover with the, the chainsaw up above his head. I'm thinking I'm getting ready to watch an evil dead pastiche, something more akin to Shaun of the dead. And that's not what this movie is like based on the title, based on the cover of like the poster art, I'm expecting evil dead something. 
that's not what this movie is at all. And honestly, I kind of like it better because it's not an evil dead kind of a, of a pastiche. It's doing something completely different. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like Tucker and Dale versus evil is a bit of a misnomer of a name, but it's the funny kind of a name where you're like, I'd watch that. Like it's the kind of, it's the kind of name where you're like, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd see a movie with that title. It's a good title. I think that's more to reference the end of the movie. I think it fits when you talk in the, in the AKA the end. beginning of the movie or the beginning. Yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and look, hey, there, I feel like there's a lot of references to horror movies in here, and The Cabin in the Woods is definitely an Evil Dead reference. So. Oh, yeah. Evil Dead, I mean, more or less invented the Cabin in the Woods genre, like subgenre of horror. Yeah. And I don't think any horror movie has done it as well as the Evil Dead films have, which is why I'm kind of excited for Evil Dead Rise later this year um, so that we can get, you know, some some deadites in a high rise kind of change, change the, change the model a little bit, do something a little different. Get out of the cabin, man. Exactly. Why is it, why is it gotta, why is it always gotta be a cabin? Let's, let's take a little vacay. Yeah. Let's, let's use some imagination here, people. I mean, they, they were in the, in the past in the third one, you know, and that was kind of a bigger area, True. but there was, he did hang out in that windmill place. So that's kind of a cabin in the woods, but more of a cabin in a field. Six of one. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. And look, if, if the Evil Dead comics have taught us anything, then, which I'm not sure you're familiar with, um, <clears throat> is that the cabin is kind of a constant in every universe. Um, there's, there's always an ash. There's always a cabin. There's constants and variables, but those are the two mainstays. The only familiarity I have with the Evil Dead comics is the the one where Ash crosses over with the Marvel zombies. That's that's the one oh, that I've read. Because that's the only one that's worth a damn. Honestly, that whole run for Dynamite, I just was completely unimpressed with. I think the artwork was consistently conflicted with the tone, and I thought the writing was poor. Uh, but I, like I don't have any the, strong opinions army, about all that. All the Darkness <laughs> comics or just those in particular? Are you talking about Marvel Zombies? Which one are you referring to? I'm talking about the Army of Darkness comics. I thought those were, were real, real bad. Uh, okay. uh, though I did also enjoy the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Uh, I guess um, that counts as an Army of Darkness. We will comic. talk about that more when we cover Freddy versus Jason on this podcast one day, which is there totally were... going to happen. There were two of those, and they were both really good. I used to have the trades, but, you know, got lost at some point. Uh, yeah. But you guys, if you haven't read those, they're I need really to. Good. No, no, they're really good. Yeah, I have read them, yeah. I have not. I need I to. I need enjoy. to get into those. Well, I'd say they're they're really good for a comic. I, I'm glad that the script was turned into a comic as opposed to a film, because I, I think it would have been a less than impressive film, but as a comic, it works really, really well, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. That makes sense. But so, t- yeah. So talking uh, Dale. I don't know. <laughs> trying to tie together, trying to make the canon of Evil Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the Thirteenth work. It barely worked for Freddy vs. Jason, and then you have to add another franchise into it. Well, you Didn't also really... have to remember that the Friday the Thirteenth franchise is technically canon in the Evil Dead universe. Because right. you know, Jason is a deadite. He's straight up a deadite. 
Night Trap. Yes, technically, yeah. According according to what is probably the worst. I think it's the worst film in the franchise outside of the beginning. The first like 10 minutes where they're at the cabin and they trap him and they blow him up. Oh yeah. That's wonderful. That's that great. was great. The rest of After that, movie, that not so much. just garbage, just straight garbage. But that movie tells us that he's a dead eye. Like the, the director actually was able to get the book and the dagger from Sam Raimi. He was like, yo, let me borrow that. And Sam was like, okay. So in that very Sam Raimi way that he does. Oh, yeah, okay, that sounds great. But it's not said on screen, right? It's just no. backgrounds. It's sad yeah. dressing. It's never said no. in the movie. No, but it's dude, still they canon. use the dagger. They use the dagger to kill Jason. And they use the, the Necronomicon is a big part of it, too. Watch Jason X again, man. It's real bad, but it's real fun. See, I, I did not have fun with Jason. Jason X, I think, might be my least favorite of the franchise. Oh, yeah, um, it's the worst by far. By far the worst. J- there, are people who, X, there are people who defend Jason X and like, oh no, wait, to are we guys, talking about but... Jason X now? No, you're Jason talking about X Jason goes shit. to hell. You said Jason. I'm talking X. about. We're talking oh, about I Jason, goes Jason goes to hell. You did say Jason X. Jason. I mean, Jason goes to hell. Look, there is there is one reason I will stand for Jason goes to hell, and one reason only. It's because that the first is, ten minutes are rad. No, it's because they introduce two. Actually, two. One, Leslie Jordan is in that movie. And like R.I.P. to a to a to a short king, uh, we, we stand Leslie. Um, but also, secondly, uh, that is the movie that introduces us to the Jason Burger. Um, and I oh, will, oh yeah, with the little doot doot and the whoop. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's did I? If I said Jason X originally, I apologize. well, no, the, the second time you you said Jason okay, X. I've been talking about Jason Goes to Hell this entire time. Sure. Jason X yeah. is a freaking masterpiece and probably one of the best in the series. No, I so I've always said that if Jason X had a bigger budget, like a like a legit actual budget, that movie would have been fucking incredible. No, no, I think I think its budget helps it because it's it's kind of campy. Like they roll with the camp, and the the low budget really kind of makes that shine. I can think. I can if I tell you my were higher? They'd try to maybe make it a little more serious, and it wouldn't work as well. Go ahead, Stephen. Can I tell you my favorite part? My favorite thing about Jason X, uh, yes, which again I do think is the nadir of the franchise. I don't like it. Um, I I know. Again, I know there are people who stand for it, and apparently you're well, one of them. Uh, it, we all it, know your Friday the Thirteenth opinions are not actually really well received by. Anyone, I'm not a fan so. of that franchise. As well, I like Seven, though. We agree on Seven. Seven is the one on I seven. like. We all agree. Seven, on seven is seven. the shit. Seven is my Ish. favorite one. Uh, I think Seven is great. Um, but uh, no, that movie features a a, a brief performance and a too brief performance, if you ask me. Is it your uh, but, boy David Cronenberg? <laughs> the great David Cronenberg. Yeah, dude. Um, he who loves I discussed, that shit. who I discussed at length on our Nightbreed episode. Which the more the further I get away from the Nightbreed episode, I think the Nightbreed episode might be one of my favorite episodes of this podcast. That episode fucking rips. It's if you've not one. if you've not listened to the Nightbreed episode, go listen to Nightbreed episode. If you haven't listened to it in a while, please do. Go listen to it again. It's great. Yeah, give it a second yeah, listening. It's worth it. It 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 holds up. And we might we might do some talking about David Cronenberg later this year. Who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. So yeah, Jason X is the shit. Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, yeah, man. Um, let's let's do let's do the plot. Let's run through the plot on this let's one. Do it. I'm um, into it. So uh, this is a segment of the show that we call the plot in 60 seconds. This is where uh, at the behest of uh, what we are now um, calling the uh, the D6 of justice. Is that what we're doing? 
Sure, or the Die of Justice. I'm die of Justice. I don't, I don't know. Who cares? We're gonna, Brett is going to cast the Die of Justice uh, to indicate uh, which of us will be recounting the plot of Tucker and Dale versus Evil in 60 seconds or less. Brett, what sides are you assigning us this week? Um, I don't know. We're all pretty uh, on the same playing field here. Um, so, I don't know. Steven, you're one and two. Tucker, you're three and four. I'm five and six. What the Sounds hell? good. Let's, let's fucking go. It is a one. Damn you. That is a one. That is a one. I'll show it to the camera. That is a you one. You know, the, the coin favors you, Stephen, but the die does not. Look, what can I say? Um, look, the coin only favors me when Brett calls tails. Or, <laughs> and also, yeah. because I strongly believe that like that coin is maybe not weighted the best, because it definitely favors tails it's tails isn't it i think it it is i'm i'm bad at flipping also let's let's make that clear there's also that but i don't bring that up anymore it makes steven mad it's true Uh, (laughs) i offered to give you the coin and you were like no i don't want it and i was like no take the coin you're like no i don't want it so yeah we had it that was that was a fight once (laughs) that was the thing we fought about one time I gave him shit about flipping it one too many times, and he—I mean, in fairness, you were doing it like every week for a while. I mean, I was because you were bad at it, but I was losing every single week. Well, then you switched it up at the at the season break, and you started winning all the fucking time. Yeah, and I was pretty happy about it. Right. So go ahead and put sixty seconds on the clock, and I will do my best to um, recount the plot of this movie. Do you need in- that long? 60 seconds or less. I don't know, man. I'm going to try to use the time I if mean, I can. I feel like you're going to have to pad it out because like, I don't I know, could, man. You know, you know how I, like how I we tend to get lost seconds. in the woods. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. All right. it. Your time starts now. Uh, so this movie begins with the post credit sequence for some reason, uh, where uh, a cameraman and a news reporter lady get attacked by uh, a guy with a burned up face. who we find out later is the actual villain of this movie, but we'll find that later. Uh, two friends and a group of college kids are all going out for a camping trip in the woods. Uh, Tucker and Dale, two hillbillies are going to fix up their vacation home slash cabin where a bunch of people were apparently murdered 20 years ago, uh, but they don't know that. And then uh, a group of teenagers are going camping not far off. Uh, and then when the, when they encounter each other, it, it starts off like a horror movie uh, and kind of proceeds like one for the teenagers, but for Tucker and Dale, it's just a, a wacky comedy of errors. Um, eventually the, uh, the, the leader of the college kids turns out to be a, uh, the son of a psychopathic hillbilly killer uh, because his mother was raped by one um, trigger warning, sexual assault, Ten I guess. Seconds. Sorry. Um, and uh, Tucker and Dale um, managed to survive somehow. Uh, and Dale falls in love with the pretty college girl and the end. And that's the time. Also, they make another joke out of sexual assault at the end of the movie too, which is really fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> and they found his fingers but one of them i think is a lady finger and it, not a cookie <laughs> yes yeah, so his his ring finger is definitely a lady finger i don't know that one that one doesn't look right is that one that looks strange to you no no at least he got his bowling fingers back right <laughs> they cut off his bowling fingers i mean he could have switched to left-handed i'm sure but uh yeah that that always works well uh, but yeah, man, Tucker and Dale versus evil. This, I, I don't know what this is. It's kind of one of those conundrums where like, what do you say about a movie that's just like fun and we all like, um, 
I mean, we can talk about the actors. There's some good actors <laughs> in this flim. Brett's like, we could do the podcast. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> what we usually do. Like, do I got to take over hosting again? I'll I do think it. I look. I think you might have to. My my mental state is not great tonight. I, I apologize, Brett. If you want to, if you want to take over hosting duties, I can. I can pick up and resume for some of it, but I don't know why I'm just not able to do this job tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, it's cool, man. Look, let me first talk about Brandon J. McLaren, because that man was on Power Rangers SPD. As was um, the wife of this film's director, who plays the, well, not SPD, she was on Lightspeed, but uh, she, the, the news reporter in the opening scene was the Yellow Ranger. And she is the That's wife true. of this film's director. So a couple yeah. Power Rangers in this movie. Yeah, it's a and cool this film's Power Rangers adjacent thing. And this film's director uh, is the son of Sally Field. Nepo baby. Don't know if you guys knew that or not. I mean, I knew that only because you mentioned it yesterday when we he were is, originally going to record this episode. <laughs> he is the youngest child that she had during her second marriage. Yeah. Um. I think his brother is also maybe an actor. Uh, yeah. His brother definitely does. He's a writer. He's a, a novelist. Writer. Yeah, Peter Craig. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Good old Sally Field. Second that's son re- with Steve Craig. That's Sally the Fields. one I refuse to budge on. Is I may be over 40, but I know that it's Sally Field. You refuse right? to put the S on the end of Field. I will not. I will say Wakanda's forever, and I will go to Kroger's. <laughs> And Barnes and Nobles, but I got, I got to draw a line somewhere, you guys. Got to draw that line. This somewhere. is the hill you're dying on. Yeah. Sally yeah, Field, Sally Field, man. Sally Field, yeah. Field. She's in so many really good movies, man. She's in straight up Steel Magnolias. You guys. I mean, you guys the woman won two Secret Steel Magnolias fan. I mean, why does that not surprise me even a little <laughs> bit to learn? Does this? anything surprise you anymore, Stephen? With you, no, not really. <laughs> Yay. I mean, it, it pretty much the most outlandish thing you could tell me. I'll probably go, yeah, that, that tracks. That, that sounds like something Tucker would have done. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody's expectations are that I'm going to subvert expectations. Yeah, like you see, see a picture of Tucker in an astronaut in an astronaut gear, and you're like, you've been to outer space? And Tucker's like, what, you've never been? Uh, like, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> who hasn't? Come on. Um yeah, Tucker is Tucker is just like the Homer Simpson of 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 real life, really. Just kind of. I've I've lived a life. He, he has indeed. I've been um, lots of places. I've done lots of stuff. You have, uh, you you really really have, including some things we said before we started recording that I will not repeat on air. Speaking of things that I've done and places I've gone and people that I've met, uh, I met Tyler Labine at a horror convention, uh, one of the last ones I went to. Hmm. And he personally guaranteed me that this film would have a sequel. He did, huh? That, that lion son of a bitch. Uh, when when Tyler was Levine, this? Regular listener to the podcast. Tyler, right. Friend of the, the show, podcast. Tyler. Let's yeah, Tyler, come this. on the podcast. Yeah. What's going on, man? Because yeah, what's, last yeah. I heard, like, actually, I, I don't want to jump the gun uh, because we talk about this usually towards the end. But uh, while we're on the subject... Uh, the last we've heard about the sequel is that they hired somebody to write it and they wrote it and it sucked. I believe it. 
And so now they're kind of hinting at that it's going to continue not in film form. Um, but they haven't really said what that might be. People are saying maybe a TV show. I'd watch that. I mean, I'd love a TV show. That'd be great. I mean, Alan Tudyk and Tyra Labine are both predominantly television actors. So right. it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. look, I this movie is really fun. Honestly, I mean, we may as well talk about the sequel now since we're on the subject. I had a really fun idea for what I think a good sequel to this movie could have been, which is you use it as kind of a way to parody like the the college based slasher movies like house on sorority row or the most recent black christmas um but the original black christmas for that matter um and you kind of use it as as a way to kind of parody some of those um tucker and dale maybe go to visit ali on campus and there's a there's maybe and maybe it's maybe it's jason from this movie or Chad, sorry, Chad, fuck what I call him. I think his real the actor's real name is Jason. Chad from this movie is, is, you know, out of escapes from prison. His name's Jesse. What the fuck did I get Jason? I don't know. It's not like we spent a good chunk of this podcast talking about the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, <laughs> Chad escapes from prison and, and like starts killing people on campus. And so it's up for up to Tucker and Dale to, to stop him. I don't know. I think that sounds like a really fun idea for a sequel. And again, it's kind of a way to take on another subgenre of, uh, of horror within the world that we've kind of established and created here. I don't know. I think that could be fun. Tucker and Dale too, the dooziest of days. I mean, that's a great title. Thank you. Although I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. what, like, not that I want them to do the exact same movie, but at the same time, like how is it going to be another comedy of errors? Or I would hope so. Like, well, then how does that work? Like, cause it starts to become a little untenable. Like all these weird, like these, all these coincidences just keep happening to them. I mean, look, well, Brett, what you've just described is how is, is the, the suspension of disbelief required for literally any like TV show or movie. Like there has to be some specifically reason shit screen. has to keep happening to these people. Right. And One of my they, favorite horror franchises. I don't know if either of you watched the show that they did on MTV. I watched the first two seasons. I started the third season and it was just too different. I couldn't, I couldn't get into season three. Samesies. And I dug the first two seasons. Like they weren't great, but like, I liked the characters. I thought the actors were good. Yeah. They were Uh, okay. It was fun. I had a good time. Like there was never a time where I was like, Oh, there's a new episode of scream tonight. I'll, I'll get to it. I'd usually be like, Oh, scream. Let's, let's watch that. That was one I binged on, uh, on Netflix when it, when it came on Netflix the first uh, right away. Yeah. And those first two seasons and then the, the like the Christmas special or whatever where they're on an island and it follows them there. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. It just starts to get to where you're like, they have to, like... Or the fucking stop, Scooby-Doo gang, right? Yes. Like, every, every, literally every place they go, there's a mystery and it's always some fucking dude in a fucking mask. Well, and that's the same with... I don't know if you guys have been watching Poker Face, but it's very that's very similar to... I haven't yet. It's on my list. Like, I've got it queued up on Peacock. So I might good. watch an episode after we d- we're done recording tonight, it's depending so on what time we finish. Good. I mean, Ryan Johnson and Natasha Leone. Like, how how is that bad? It's, it's wonderful. It certainly has a format that it sticks to as well that I think that y- y- both of you guys would probably dig. So you guys should check it out. Again, I really am, I'm a big fan of just the idea of a Ryan Johnson mystery series. Um like the 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 Benoit Blanc films are 
some of my favorite original Hollywood properties in the last like five years. I I love it. It's great. It's kind of like Murder She Wrote meets Columbo meets the structure of Supernatural. Okay, right on. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. Yeah, that sounds so delightful. But but again, I mean to your to your point, Brett. Like I I think that's kind of the nature of franchises in a lot of ways. Like. How and and a lot of franchises comment on it, and I think in a comedy franchise that can work particularly. Like again, like we're doing, and and I think f- to to call back to a movie that we talked about relatively recently, Forrest Gump does that. Like I went to the White House again. They met the President of the United States again. Like it's just like yes, he he even he understands how ridiculous it is that he is this formative to American history. Um, like even he knows that this is absurd. And, you know, at, you, you get at least one of those. You can have at least one of those in a comedy franchise and not overdo it. I think you start toying with that too much and you're, you start to lose, like, that. the suspension of disbelief becomes a little too much. But, yeah, I, you know, but again, you, that's why you bring in Chad, because Chad now has a vendetta against these two hillbillies and against Allie, who rejected him for the hillbillies. So you've got kind of this, like, it it makes sense that he would come back and start killing people on campus, making his way to them. Okay. I'd be into that. Yeah. I think that that trope kind of um, moves beyond horror or even comedy as well, because even, like, you get to Die Hard 2, and Mm -hmm. John McClane makes the comment, the same same thing happened to the same guy twice. And... (laughs) He's, of course, he's just saying it to himself. Right. But like, he's like, I also, I also realize this is ridiculous. Yes, yes, like, I yes. Get I that. too am watching the same movie that you are, and <laughs> and do in fact find it ridiculous as well. Yes. So, but but again, I I don't think that is, and again, again, all of this is just dependent on the viewer's ability to suspend their disbelief, and that's really what all of this, what all fiction kind of comes down to. Like, Indeed. all fiction is inherently ridiculous. Um, on on one level or another, like we kind of have to allow ourselves some measure of suspension of disbelief in order to in order to be able to watch it, in order to be able to engage with it. So, uh, that's a fair point. I think my my uh, I, I think is a cool idea for a sequel or franchise in general is uh, you you lean into the versus evil aspect of it, and you just do like. Hack slash with Tucker and Dale, they just they they hunt down slashers as they pop up. They just lean into it because you know Tucker's got to save up for his next vacation home. Right, because you know the last one burned to the ground. <laughs> it yeah. got exploded. Um, so yeah, I mean yeah, and I, I think I think that's fun. I think maybe after we dispatch Chad in the sequel, then we we start you know working our way to other slashers as they may arise, but. I like that idea as a, as a continuing premise for the ongoing franchise, for sure. Yeah, especially if you want to turn it into a TV series. Like, and, and a solid way to continue it as a TV series. Exactly, and that gives you kind of the ability to rely on the Monster of the Week premise, which, again, is has worked really well for so many horror series over the years already. I don't know, Tucker, you got a pitch for a, for a Tucker and Dale versus Evil sequel? I want a television series just called Tucker and Dale. There's no evil, like no college kids killing themselves. Like they're not. <laughs> These college slashers. kids just started killing themselves all over our property. It's just Tucker and Dale fixing up the vacation home, doing some fishing, 
drinking some PBRs. But Dale doesn't really like fishing. Uh, yeah, but they're going to do it anyway. You know. I can see Dale being like, all right. Uh, you know, I would love to see you guys cosplay as Tucker and Dale. I think that would be. Because <laughs> Tucker, you've got kind of an Alan Tudyk thing going. And Brett, you definitely have got, you have got the Tyler Labine thing happening. Like, sure. I can absolutely see it. And I kind of want to see it now. Well. Uh, we just need to get you a giver hat, Brett. That's really what we need. Let's let's say we do we we shoot for Halloween on that one. All right. I'm in yeah. there. Right on. As am I. All right, all right, all right. That's I'll, off I'll... season two. I could potentially 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 come to indie for that, yeah. I don't know what we'd do, but it'd be fun. Around in September. Oh I don't know. I don't know. Well, season's still going on in September. I wouldn't be able to come to indie for well, something fine, like that. Be that way. Also, uh, I swore off cons a while ago. Oh, why yeah. is that? Well, it's just another part of my life where like, Tyler Labine lied to his face, Brett. Like, 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 like we were talking before the podcast, you know, some things I just I do it for a while and then I'm done with it. Uh, contrary to the belief of some friends of the podcast, sometimes it's OK to let something die. Something can just die. Like, you don't have to do it your whole life. That show doesn't have to go on for 20 fucking years. Okay? It's Whatever okay. could you it's okay be referring to? to die. It's okay. It's straight up okay for that to happen. And that's me with cons. Like, I, I, I had fun with it, and I just don't see myself ever going back to one. I've never been first, happier to not know what you're talking about. First of all, on behalf of said friend of the show, damn you, sir. Um, <laughs> I feel, I feel uh, you, in a unique position to, uh, to defend this particular individual. And you better, you, you better. I'd be mad if you didn't. Oh, I'm fucking stepping up. So I'm <laughs> about to catch these hands. Um, Steven, no, no. Oh no. Um, if you recall the last time we were all in person, Brett, you might recall what he's talking about. Oh yes. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. Now I remember. Now I would, it's important to note that I am still a fan of conventions and other things. And no one could tell me anything different. (laughs) However, you might be uh, a convention bitch. Maybe. Who knows? Look, I still Probably. love conventions, all right? Let's just let's stop the whole metaphor thing. I like actual conventions. Um, it was starting I to do. get really awkward, and I just... No, I really, I really do like conventions. No, I don't... I... I have only been to a handful of conventions myself. Um, now that I'm not far from the, the great city of Chicago, I might find myself uh, attending C2E2 um, when that comes to town. Uh, because I've been told that's a really fun con and friend of the show, Phil Smith attends that regularly. So I might uh, catch up with him there at some point, but yeah. Speaking of friends of the show, um, the first convention that I ever went to was horror hound in 2007 with one JP Leck. Hey, we know that guy. I have photos of him with the babysitter twins from the grindhouse movie. And with PJ Souls, and I believe Tom Savini. Hell yeah! So yeah, need to get. We need to get those pictures up was, on the gram. There was nobody there. 
like you could walk and like you could probably do a dance and like spin around and like you wouldn't hit anybody was this like one of the first horror hound conventions or yeah and then by the time i stopped going which would probably be like 2013 you couldn't move in those things that's why like i was so glad like we started going to it as a band and we started making friends with some of the celebrities and they would invite us as their guests so that we could like sit behind their booth and we wouldn't have to like be like shoulder to shoulder with everybody the last con i went to is 2019 the uh the indie comic con uh and i sat behind again friend of the podcast jp lex endless elsewhere booth pretty much all day um and whenever someone would buy a comic book that i happened to be and he's like hey this guy's in that comic book you want him to sign it too and he'd be like yeah and i'm like i'm signing autographs what what even is this i just lied uh last con i went to was i believe a days of the dead in 2015 because i was there with jp leck for endless else worlds and i got to do this really cool thing where i wore the big red hooded cloak and i had the the metal gloves what are they the called gauntlets? gauntlets yeah and i stood really still and nobody everybody thought i was like a mannequin or something mm-hmm. and i would just like ever so slightly move my fingers so that the metal would clink a bit and like people would look over and then they'd look back and I'd be like clink clink and I'd, like scare children and stuff it was good t- it was good times <laughs> they, good they'd times. go to take a picture with you and then right as the picture was taken you'd like ah they'd, they'd get a picture yeah, of them of like fun. freaking out yeah it's good stuff a fun story. Well, you might be interested to know, Tiger Horrorhound has since uh, moved to the actual convention center. Um, so it's much. I'm glad it's not at the Marriott space. Yeah. 21st and Shadeland anymore. <laughs> I've not no. been to Horrorhound, but I did meet up with you after Horrorhound one year, uh, and we went to Kuma's, and because they had a special Friday the Thirteenth or no uh, Nightmare on Elm Street themed burger that you got. Yes. And I got the goat oh. snake, which was fucking delicious. How very disappointing that was. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. it's Kuma's. Like, they're not. My, they're not trying to make it so that it actually fits in your mouth, and you're going to have a good time. Like, no, they're they are um, what many would refer to as stunt food. Um, mm. It's not really. Mm-hmm. It's for it pictures is. and for show. It's not really for taste or proper composition. Right now, I will say the goat snake burger is a really well crafted burger, but I think that's probably one of the few. I'm sure there's some bangers in there. I mean, broken clock and all that. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. But uh, their monthly burger? No. That's never going to be good. Yeah. The mainstays are where you want to stick, for sure. Uh, not even those most of the time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We don't need to slander Kumas all day. Because no. I could, but I won't. Um, <laughs> and honestly, what is up with their reliance on the pretzel bun? There are other types of buns, Kuma. That's right. That's the other thing. They, they just... Yeah. I remember you being a big, like, staunch defender of the pretzel bun at one point in your life. I th- it sounds like you've kind of moved away from that. Well, you know, when you, um, yeah, I, I'm struggling to think of an example right now. There's plenty of when you start out in something and you think these things are great and then you try better. Uh, coffee is a good example. Mm. Um, you start out drinking Folgers and then you're like, man, this Starbucks is pretty good. Starbucks is my favorite. And then you have like actual like artisan coffee made in a French press or a pour over. You're like, wait a minute. Starbucks is garbage. Um, What have I been doing with my life? Right. You just sort of knowledge changes your opinion of things. And then the next thing you know, you're only drinking Kopi Luwak. 
I haven't gone that far. See, I, I, I have I have a definite stopping point before I reach pretentious. That's that civet um, coffee. That's like like is that the, the cat expensive. poop coffee? Yeah, that's the cat poop coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I usually Gross. have a hard stop before I. I would roll over into pretentious Tyler from the menu like territory. God, the menu! What a great fucking movie. No spoilers. I still haven't watched it, dude. I'm gonna. It's on my list. Fix your heart or die, dude. Like, how about seriously? watch some watch some brick or shut the fuck up? Because I'll, I'll get to it. Get to it. I I'll gave you physical media, Steven. You did. I have it on my. Sh- it's on my DVD shelf right that now. That trumps everything streaming. It's also it's on your voodoo, though. So that's also physical. It is. God damn! I didn't even. I forgot it was on there. I wouldn't even have brought it. I'd still have it here with me right now. I know. I feel. I feel bad that I have it now. No, it's not your fault. I'm the idiot that forgot. Like, we, we've gone real off the rails, gentlemen. Uh, back to I, wait, I think, hold on. We do tangents on this podcast? Yeah, well, well, I, and think, I have to get us back on track usually. So but, uh, but I think I think tonight is the best night for tangents because not only do we not have a lot to say about Tucker and Dale because it's just a great movie and we all love it. Like, so what? Big whoop. But uh, some catharsis, you guys. We're getting some stuff out, you know. Wait, this is this is the healing we're, episode. We're healing together as men. <laughs> no big whoop. Um, so what do we think of the of the villain reveal of the movie? I think uh, that that character is my least favorite character in the whole movie, and I think it has a lot to do with the performance from the actor. Mm. I think that he he believes that what his performance is good. I do not share that belief. <laughs> um, I mean, he's he is in Final Destination three, which is so is, um, uh, so is that other gal. She's what the the gal with the freckly neck. She's one of the tanning bed deaths. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, is I think I think I ranked that one dead last in my ranking of the final <gasps> Final Destination films. Three. What are you talking Maybe. about? Three's the best. No, five it's is got, the best. It's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. No, it. you know what? The the worst. I think the Final Destination is the one I thought was the worst. Yeah, that one sucks. Yeah, that one that one sucks out loud. Which is real hard to make a bad Final Destination movie. Like you, just, I mean, that's one of those to where like you kind of just stick to the formula. Give us more right. like crazy Rube Goldberg deaths. Like I don't give a fuck what's going on with the story, but the Final Destination proved that wrong because that now, movie sucks. Friend of the show and frequent February guest Mike Snoonian, um, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, he will he will tell you that there is no such thing as a bad Final Destination movie. Well, it shouldn't be possible. I agree with that. I mean, you have to really fuck it up to make it bad. And I think the Final Destination did that for me and many others. Okay, Though so I, three I put just... right in the middle. Three three is right in the middle for me. It goes uh, five, one, mm-hmm. three, two, four for me. It's probably three, two, one, five, four for me. Oh, see, I love five. The twist at the end of five is maybe my favorite twist in the entire franchise. It's fine. I, I didn't not like it. Um, like I said, the Final Destination is the only bad movie in that franchise. Like they're it's, all really great. It's not real, good. real good. But yeah, I think that's the only other thing that he that this particular actor has done that's of of much note. He's done a lot of television. Uh, he did a couple episodes of the Supergirl TV show. Um, like, like he's, he's done, he's done some stuff, but you know, it's not, he's, he's, you know, he's a working actor. Yeah. 
And you he's know, a bit he, player, yeah. I think he does a lot of, of TV because he's a, he's a Canadian actor. And look, they film a lot of TV in Canada. Vancouver, man. Yeah, straight up live in Vancouver if you want to do movie stuff. Absolutely, and and he does, and he does. Um, so I mean, there, yeah, there it is. Like he's he he does a lot of it. So yeah, yeah he's 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 in Ginger Snaps. Oh, dude, how can we cover those movies? Because all three of them are so good uh there's a little show that we have behind the paywall called unenfranchised where we could cover the last of the ginger snaps films well since the third one is a remake of the first one set in a different time period we could technically cover both of those but what about the second one band meeting immediately after this recording anyway katrina bowden i first saw her in 30 rock i don't know if you guys remember her oh she is the uh she's the um, the the yes the the other girl in the office yes the 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 young skinny gal in the office and uh her name is sari that's right that's right and she is she is very fucking funny in that movie she's also in apparently piranha 3 double d uh, which I did not know until just this moment. Um, I have only ever seen two Piranha films, and those are the original two, directed by Joe Dante and James Cameron, respectively. Uh, the first I have... remake was okay. It was it was a fun time. Uh, but the sequel, I mean, it's not overtly bad. It's just kind of, eh, who cares? I mean, it, it has Danielle Panabaker, Ving Rames, and David Hasselhoff in it. So I'm saying it's not bad. It's just... Dave Keckner's in there like, too for some reason. Christopher Lloyd, Paul Shear, Gary Busey, really. Clue Gallagher, that's Good Clue Gulliger. Sure, that guy too. Also from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two and Feast. Oh, Actually, he his son is the writer and director of Feast. Mm, no wonder he was in it. Can we do an unenfranchised? Oh, no, we should do a main feed episode about Feast because the sequels don't exist to me. That's that's not how this that's not how any of this works. Damn Wasn't it. Feast the subject of one season of Project Greenlight? Yeah, the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But John Gulliger, who's the writer and director, is the son of Clue Gulliger. Are you guys not familiar with Clue Gulliger? No. Have you never been put on Clue Gulliger alert no. during a no. film from the mid 70s? No. Do I, and I look, uh, the 70s are my favorite, favorite decade of film. But uh, yeah. B movies, B movies. from. The oh, 70s. OK, never mind. Yeah. Well, you haven't lived until you've been put on Clue Gulliger alert. <laughs> oh, boy. You've got, a, a... you've got a Google alert on your phone every time Clue Gulliger shows up in a. No, when you watch the movie, you got to look for it. Oh, because okay. he'll probably <laughs> show okay. up. He'll probably show up. So like one person is put on the duty to look out for him and be like, yo, there he is. I spy with my little eye, Clue Gulliger. Yeah, man. There he be. That's oh. anyway, Clue Gulliger um, and Feast and Thirty Rock and Katrina Bowden. Yeah, I was gonna say this all stemmed from us recognizing uh, Katrina Bowden, who is really fun in this movie. Honestly, yeah. Uh, the two things that I've seen her in, which are this and Thirty Rock, I've really enjoyed her in. A lot of the other stuff on her resume just doesn't seem like it's really up my alley. Like the horror films other than this, that she's done, they just seem like too bad to be good to me. So I haven't really checked them out. All right. Fair enough. So you're not a big uh, Piranha three double D fan. I, I just got done telling you that it is painfully mediocre, that it's not bad. 
but it is painfully mediocre. She's in American Reunion, movie 43. I don't care about that. I don't care about any of that stuff. <laughs> the movie Sex Drive. I don't care about that either. About uh, it's a it's a sex comedy about kids who drive to have sex. I assume I don't know. What I'm if uh, what if there was a sex drive? What if there was a sex drive? It's kind of like a went, blood drive, but we, a sex drive. What if we went on a sex drive? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the story of a man on SSRIs. What if there was a sex drive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Uh, but I think really the the place where we've all been kind of building up to Alan Tudyk in this movie, just what, first of all, Alan Tudyk, what a treasure that man, national treasure, international treasure, let's, continental let's, treasure. Yeah. The man universal treasure. Yes. There, there it is. Fucking um, Galaxian treasure, <laughs> bitch. Like what, what's next? <laughs> He is playing an alien on the most recent project. So. Eternal oh, treasure. Eternal. You guys, Resident Alien is so good. There's a, there's a, a lot of fluff in the second season, but it's it's worth getting through. And actually, this third season has less episodes, which I'm happy about. Because I feel like they have to pad it. They try to pad it out to like 16 episodes. It's a 10 episode season kind of show. And this next season is going to be 10 episodes. Well, so I'm really excited. But you guys should check it out because it's really good. And it's really good. And you guys would like it. And it's really good. And it's a sci-fi show, so don't expect it to last much longer. It's a sci-fi show, so about every five or ten years, they make something worth watching, and this is that for this five or ten years. And I'm surprised it's lasted for this long. This is the Battlestar Galactica of this generation. Yes, it's the Eureka of its time. Or the Warehouse 13, if you're nasty. Indeed. I think those kind of went... They crossed over a lot, so they... They did, yeah. Like, Fargo was in Warehouse 13 like three or four times. I think. Yeah. And uh, what's her face was in Warehouse 13 or where Eureka a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch those shows, Steven. I know Alison Scagliotti's in one of them, and I think she's she's great. So that is the actress I was just talking about. Her character shows up in Eureka. And Max Headroom is in Eureka. Matt Frewer. Yeah, dude. The your great boy. Matt Frewer. I do. I do loves me some Matt Frewer. Your boy. And he plays an Australian dude. Right on. Right on. Yeah. That's great. Lock that he for plays you. one, mate. Right. Yeah, that Actually, was my I Australian I, accent. I have I have cousins in Aust- that are Australian. I I, I legitimately do. do. I do. My 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 uncle's a Baptist missionary in Australia. <laughs> That's that tracks. Yeah, yeah. Tracks. Not 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 a thing that should surprise you. Um, I know he's not listening, but hi, Uncle Roger. He would not. Hi, listen Uncle to Roger. This podcast. Um, but speaking I love- of Alan Tudyk. I was going to say having, I was getting us back on track. That's all I was going to say. I love the fact that he has a similar career trajectory to Mark Hamill and that he starts in uh, kind of a, a, a space opera uh, so, or I guess Mark Hamill's was a space opera. His was a space Western and eventually parlays that into a, a, a voice acting career that eventually ends with him in both a star Wars movie and playing the Joker. Um, like, because Alan Tudyk is the Joker on the Harley Quinn series on HBO Max. That is true. And I think that he's just good at everything. So they just put him in everything. Like He's the like voice of Danger TV Boat shows. on The Tick. Uh, the, the new he, updated version of The Tick on Amazon Prime. And he's fucking incredible on Danger Which was so that. good. You guys, I'm so he's, mad they canceled that. That was such I, a same. good show. He's, he's a gay robot boat. Like... 
I think I think you can't go wrong with Alan Tudyk. That's why he's literally in everything. Like you expect to see him or hear him in something, but even even when you expect it, you're like, holy crap, again! Like you're he's, into it. Like I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Every Disney animated film since yeah. Wreck It Ralph. Oh, they've got him on lock now. Like he's kind of their auxiliary guy now. And even with he the literally stuff too, or the like, Star even, Wars stuff. Even with movies like Moana and uh, Encanto, where like the entire cast is. Uh, for for uh, Moana is is Pacific Island or in Encanto when the the entire cast is Latinx he is um, he plays birds he's the voice of the idiot rooster and in fact uh, Jewel State from um, from Firefly saw uh, Moana and he was like did you like it and she's like yeah we loved it it was great he's like what did you think of me and she goes, you were in that? She goes, wait, were you the fucking, ro- you were the fucking rooster. <laughs> it's like, of course you were the fucking rooster, you asshole. Like, and then he's the toucan in Encanto. Like he just, even when he doesn't have like an actual character to play, they still find something for him to do because he's like, like John Ratzenberger was to the early Pixar films. Alan Tudyk is to the, the current Disney animation slate. I think he's one of the rare, um, performers that is equally as adept at voice acting and like film acting and you know he's in a lot of video games too i think he was in halo 3 and i think that's why the uh, mark hamill parallel is so apt like they have very similar career trajectories like they start on screen and eventually almost exclusively end up doing voice acting and it's kind of fucking incredible well, I think, and I think that's what's great about Alan Tudyk is it's kind of it's kind of fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Like if if you see his name on something and you go into it blind, you're like, is okay, is he going to be in it, or is he voicing something? Like, right. he, I would never put my money on either because it's like it's a it's a coin flip. You never know. Um, and uh, you know, speaking of of jokes, it's probably too soon to to to, to tell. Um, does anyone know how the Reavers clean their spears? How's that? They run them through the wash. Oh, no. It'll always be too soon <laughs> yeah. for that joke. Never, never not too soon for that joke. Oh, no. Um, Joss Whedon may be a very, very bad man, but um, we we do still love Firefly on this show. <laughs> anyway. It's a little tainted, but yeah. It is. It, I mean, it, it's all kind of tainted now, but... That- that hurt me inside a little bit when I'm you sorry. spoke about Wash like that. Um, I'm sorry. It's just way too soon, man. He's a leaf on the wind, man. Way, way, way too soon. Uh, I think no, he, 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 Alan Tudyk and Matt Damon also have cameos in Deadpool 2, I believe. Yes, yes they do. Playing, and so does, yeah, I, I they're think, the guys on the truck, the rednecks. Yeah, Alan Tudyk stuff. playing a very similar character to the one he plays here. <laughs> If only they could have gotten Tyler Labine. I'm sure they they called him and he was busy. I'm sure. Sh- yeah, I'm sure that Matt Damon was the second choice there. Because then we could have had Tucker and Dale versus you know, Deadpool. Yeah, I would have watched that. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm kind of sick of Ryan Reynolds at this point, but you know. You know, I I I hate that I am, but I also am too because I've always been a big champion of his since I saw him in Van Wilder. That was, was a long, that was like 90s. So like, was, but after was, a while, it just gets old, man. And he's everywhere. That's Was it you, Tucker, that I was talking everywhere. about 
like roles that kind of ruin actors. Was it you I was talking to about that the other day? I don't think so, but I can pretty much uh, figure the conversation by just those words that you gave me. Yeah, there's there are like certain actors that just like can't. I think it was you because we were talking about Heat and how Al Pacino kind of got ruined by Scent oh, of a Woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then well, I said, there's just, some actors that can pull themselves out of it. Uh, people like Vince Vaughn. But right. Vince Vaughn plays himself in every movie for 15 years, and then he comes out with a True Detective season two. Or which I stand for. I actually like True Detective season. Girl, me too. I like it. It's not so you're the other one. Okay. No. It's not better than the first season, but I like it better. Like I'll watch that one more. I don't even know if I like it better. I just I like it. Whereas most people hated it out of hand. I I did not. It was great. I had fun with it. Really, really good. And also freaky. Like I was was just saying freaky, yes. Freaky's fucking great. And he's he's really good in freaky. Agreed. Brett, have you seen Freaky? Fuck yeah, I have. I was gonna say, oh, if yeah. anyone's, if anyone on this podcast has seen Freaky, Brett's seen Freaky. I love both of his films, the Freaky and um, uh, Happy Death Day. Mm. Yes. Which again, they've teased a Happy Please Death Day Freaky crossover. And if that's what they have to do for a third Happy Death Day, just do it. I kind of, I don't. I care. would love just to see it. The third in the trilogy. Otherwise, so help me, we're gonna cover Freaky on this podcast one day because I think that movie is really, really good. I had a lot of fun with Freaky, honestly. Again, another kind of deconstruction of a particular genre of two genres, because it's a deconstruction of the slasher genre and the body swap comedy. Um, and I think it does both really, really well. Which is what Speaking I love about that guy's films, because like, that's what he does. Like, he, he, genre mashups, yeah. Genre mashups. And I, I want to see what he does next. I haven't heard, I mean, I've heard about the crossover, but like, I also want to see him do another just, you know, standalone mashup movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's usually horror and some other kind of obscure genre like the body swap comedy or the time loop movie. Um, but he, he managed, and I, my problem with happy death day too, is it's not horror enough. It's more sci-fi and time loop movie than it is horror and time loop movie. I don't think it has to be. I mean, it's the natural progression of the story. There are plenty of franchises that will change even trilogies that will change genre between films i was gonna say the evil dead future the the original evil dead trilogy is there that there are no consistent genres across that entire franchise um speaking of actors that have given really great genre performances that you don't expect to be in a genre film have you guys seen becky I'm is that the kevin james movie of, that's the one with kevin james dude. i've not seen it but i know i know about it wow that movie's so good he's so scary in that and like i i don't sweat kevin james I don't something tells me he, he's but probably he's got some political opinions that are pretty scary. scary i don't i don't care man i don't he's so scary in this movie dude watch becky also that gal that's in it that young gal that's the star of the movie she's real good she's she's got a future man watch out for that gal but yeah, all that to say is I think Deadpool taking the role of Deadpool kind of ruined Ryan Reynolds. Like, whereas now he thinks everything has to be Deadpool, like every role he plays is just Deadpool. Well, because he is Deadpool. Like, and he even I don't even know if that's the role that ruined him. I just don't think that we we had a, a consistent amount of him before now like van wilder is deadpool. i think but i think Fucking, in the past he was uh, trying to do different things like green lantern hannibal, is not deadpool hannibal king is deadpool and blade trinity i'm just saying that's always been there it's always been evident 
And I think now he's just in everything. Whereas before he you salt and pepper him in. What was that movie where he was uh Jeff Daniels's like imaginary friend or whatever? That was a real good movie. Did you see that? What was that called? <laughs> I thought you were talking about Jeff Bridges and I was about to say R.I.P.D., but now I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you know what? That movie sucks, but I liked it. And I heard that if I thought that it sucked and I liked it, I would enjoy the sequel, even though it sucks. So I might check that out. You should. I feel like that seems like something you would really like. I don't know why. I get a sense you would really like the sequel to R.I.P.D. Well, I like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Donovan? Is that the main actor guy? The guy that was in Burn Notice and uh, 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 Blair Witch 2. (laughs) He was in Blair Witch 2. Is that his name? I have got to see. Jeffrey Donovan, yes. Uh, Burn Notice, also starring Bruce Campbell, BT Dubs. I don't know if you're a fan of that show, but also pretty good. Sort of a remnant of old-timey TV, but still. I was going to mention, uh, since we were sort of talking about Firefly and whatnot, uh, Castle um, was a very good show. If you want to, if you're really jonesing for like Firefly cast reunion stuff, uh, pretty much every Firefly actor shows up on an episode of Castle at one point and inside jokes are thrown at least twice. Well, I, the thing about, I remember there was an episode, like the Halloween episode of Castle, where he dresses up as a space cowboy and he's literally just wearing his Malcolm Reynolds costume. Yeah, and his daughter in the show gives him shit about like, didn't you wear that like five years ago? Right. He's like, yeah, yeah, but I still like it. That's a show that I would watch if I did not know that my parents enjoyed it. My parents. That's like a bummer. Castle. It's a fun show, dude. It is. Well, fun, no, yeah. actually, I, I have, I have been wanting to watch it. I just haven't gotten to it uh resident alien also has um nathan fillion in a a supporting role i won't give away what it is but it's not maybe not something that you would expect that's real real good right on like look i i look firefly great show i think another show that alan tudyk is really good on um not to keep invoking you know the very bad person but dollhouse Uh, he's really good on dollhouse um, which is kind of like a just a catch-all of Joss Whedon regular players, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I I didn't have a desire to watch Dollhouse when it came out, and then I sort of like, I've heard it's good, actually. Maybe I should watch it. And then I've, I've gone back and forth. Because then it was like, well, it didn't get a proper ending. It was like, well, I don't want to watch it. And then Joss Whedon's a piece of shit. So I was really going to say, honestly, I think of all the shows that Joss Whedon has showrun, that's the one that I think suffers the most after learning what kind of a person he is, is Dollhouse. Cause that one, I think that given the premise of what that show is, it gets real, real cringe. Um, but it does have my boy, Harry Lennox in it. And I, I do loves me some Harry Lennox. Um, so while we're on the topic though, Steven, I, mu- I have to ask you about your opinion about as much ado about nothing movie. I own it. Okay. I like it. You, you enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. I actually, I actually got to play both Benedict and Dogberry in a uh, in a production of, it was called uh, No Rehearsal Shakespeare, um, and uh, they literally you don't rehearse it. They give you just your lines on a scroll, and you literally read your lines off of the scroll. Uh, you don't rehearse. You just kind of show up and read your lines, and you don't know what other actors are gonna say what when. You kind of have the lead in of your your line, and that's it. That's all you have. 
Cool, and it sounds was terrifying. It was really fun. I got to play both Benedict and Dogberry. I wanted. I went. I went out for Dogberry, and they're like, "You're really good. You want to play Benedict too?" I'm like, "As long as I get to play Dogberry," and they're like, "Deal." <laughs> so yeah, I got to play both because Benedict and Dogberry don't share any scenes together. So that was really that was really fun. Straight up living your best life there, Stephen. I, I tried. Yeah. I did my best. Really uh, but yeah, Nathan Fillion plays Dogberry in that production of uh, in that film version of uh, uh, Much Ado. Did you like his performance as Dogberry? I did. Did you? I Because I, I actually I came across a TikTok the other day comparing that one with other ones. Um, and the Michael Keaton one from the Kenneth Branagh? Like all of them. Like all the major ones that have been filmed. Like all the stage productions. Like, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, Nathan Fillion's is kind of the worst. The thing um, I like about Nathan Fillion's is that he is the only one taking himself seriously. And I think that's really funny. See, I don't get, I, I, I I think get it the works, comedy out of the other ones. I think it works TikTok. within the context of the movie. I think it works really well. But I think if you put that performance in any other production of Much Ado, it probably wouldn't work. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not well versed enough on Shakespeare. But yeah, I mean, there, are, there is that a perfect movie? No. Are there some issues that I have with it? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think the leads are really winning. Um and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a fun, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of the Whedon verse, it's a good, you know, it's a good Leo. Every, every moment is a Leo and DiCaprio pointing at the screen moment. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Anyway, back on track. Tucker and Dale versus evil. Tucker and Dale, they're, they're fighting evil. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about it. The fact that the, this movie begins with the post credit scene. What the actual fuck? Well, it's just, it's the it's the extreme version of starting in the middle and leading up to it. It's the the final evolution. That's the final form of that trope. But uh, I feel like by the time you get to the end of the movie, you don't remember how it started, and it's only on rewatch that that really gives you kind of any kind of punch. At least that's kind of how I've engaged with it. I think it's harmless. I don't think it necessarily adds anything to the film, but I don't think it takes away from it either. And it's so short that I can't get mad at it. It's like 30 seconds. If that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's real, real short, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, um, again, I think it would pack more punch as either a mid or post credit sequence. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Sure, I think it's yeah. probably, probably an editing issue or maybe it was in the screenplay to be done that way um unfortunately i've never owned tucker and dale on physical media so i don't know if the blu-ray or dvd or whatever has any kind of featurettes or commentaries or anything apparently what i according to imdb so you know take this with as much salt as you need to choke it down there is a uh, a feature on the Blu-ray that actually tells this movie from the perspective of the college kids. Oh yes. I did hear about that. I, and I kind of like plays it as from... a straight slasher or a hillbilly slasher movie. It's kind of like uh, on the cabin fever uh, DVD. There's mm-hmm. a G rated cut of the movie. 
and it's just the opening shot and then the credits. Nice. Nice. It's real. That DVD is amazing. No matter how you feel about that movie, just buy that DVD because there's so much fun. There's like three commentaries. There's one where, uh, what's his nuts from boy meets world. What's his name? Right. strong. Uh, Yes, he who dies won't. in literally the first moments of uh, the second movie and is still still manages to get like top billing. He does get sequel. top billing. Um, but in the first one, he talked so much during the commentary with the rest of the cast that they just gave him his own commentary. They made him leave like halfway through. And just gave him his own commentary with with Eli Roth. So. That's funny. And also, you get um, this is not an ad for the Cabin Fever DVD that's been out of print for probably ten years, but you also get the Rotten Fruit shorts, which is what Eli Roth cut his teeth on in Hollywood mm. with these little uh, stop motion animation shorts about this band. It's kind of Spinal Tap style, but with anthropomorphic fruit. Anthropomorphic fruit. Yes. They're the rotten fruit. They're British as well. Um, so in, in terms of your uh, your um, never having owned Tucker and Dale versus Evil on physical media, uh, the, uh, the, the limited edition Steelbook Blu-ray is available on Amazon for $25. Do they have one with the, the same special features that's not Steelbook that's like $10 cheaper? Um, probably because I don't. I, Id gaff what it looks like, man. I just want the featurettes. Uh, I'm yeah, there's. I'm gonna go buy that right now. I was gonna say that's the fine. check. That's, that's check, collector in you, Brett. Check check <laughs> the link in the uh, check the link in the in the chat there, Brett. Um, I don't have that gene. Um, honestly, I'm very tempted to buy it right now as well. Do it. The cover art looks fucking incredible too. It's some comic book art as well. Uh, they I do actually you. have the uh, the uh, the Blu-ray. Uh, on Amazon for $17, just the regular, regular Blu-ray. No, there's not. I actually was looking for the 4k because I am me. Um, but no, there is no 4k available yet. Well, if you ever want to watch it, uh, in the 4ks, uh, the version on voodoo that I have is UHD. Nice. Yeah, man. I do. I look, I do love, uh, I do love watching, uh, do you love watching the 4Ks on my 4K UHD television? Is is good, 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 good stuff. I mean, you need at least 4Ks. I mean, look, I, I can't go back to life before 4Ks. Oh, here you guys. There's a double feature DVD. Uh, I don't know what the country of origin is. It does look like it might possibly be Canadian, but that should French. still be region one. It's French, so that's region two actually. Mm. Um, it is a double DVD that features both Cabin in the Woods and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I mean, both movies that we've talked about on this episode. That's what both... I'm saying. Well, you can. Brett started the podcast by comparing them. He did. So I think that means we need to end the podcast now. Let's <laughs> do it. We've come full circle. Full circle. I mean, full it's about circle, time to man. wind up. Yeah. I mean, look, this, this is numbers. this. What, and it's, this is kind of one of those like, what do you say about this movie? Like, this is a great movie. We love it. If you haven't seen it, just immediately stop Stop this podcast. First of all, why have you listened this far into this episode? I think it's on Prime. I'm pretty sure it's streaming on Prime right now. I think now. it's on Prime. It's on uh it's on Peacock, it's on Tubi, it's on like Freebie. It's you can you can get it free. Like go on just Tubi watch TV. It. Watch it. 
If you don't have yeah. Tubi, first of all, if you don't have Tubi, what are you doing with your lives, kids? It's it's absolutely free. You get you have to watch some ads, but you can just the depth of what's available there, amazing. Absolutely amazing. If, if you don't have Tubi, pull your head out of your ass. Please. Okay. Do do uh, us all a favor. We're all embarrassed for you if you don't have Tubi. <laughs> Very Ugh. much. I'm gonna be physically ill. Let's change the subject. Um but yeah, so uh, the Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So the release schedule on this one is interesting. Uh, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January of 2010 uh, and then played the festival circuit for a good long while. Uh, South by Southwest, Dallas International, Seattle International, um, a couple, uh, one in the Czech Republic, Canada, the Traverse City Film Festival. Uh, the Berlin Fantasy Festival in Germany, the Slash Film Festival in Austria, um, just uh, uh, just runs the festival circuit for a good long while. Does not actually uh, re- gets released on video on demand in August of 2011, uh, and then does not get a theatrical release until September, late September 2011. September 30th, 2011 is when we finally get a theatrical release for Tucker and Dale versus evil in the United States. Uh, it opens at number 46 that week. Uh, it opens to $52.8,000 and it's, it was very weekend. limited. Does it say on your page there how many theaters it was at Steven? Um, let me, 31 opening 44 max across almost five weeks. Uh, yeah. Uh, it only earns, uh, two, $223,000, uh, domestic, another 5.3 million, um, in the international box office. So the worldwide box office gross on this is like a 5.5 million worldwide. Um, again, not really a great, multiplier probably one of the lower box offices we've seen but also this has kind of cemented itself as a cult classic to kind of flip the other side of that they so, have, they've they've made their money back on oh, streaming sure. and home media i mean that's the only reason that they even considered it have been working on a sequel for so long it's because they know how much that they're literally going to print money when they make a sequel to this right yeah it, it'll 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 make it up I mean, but again I don't think we're going to see that sequel. I, I I would love to be wrong. And look. Me too, but I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. This is our social contract with the audience. And so far, knock wood, we have yet to make good on it. I'm waiting. But if one of these days it's going to ha- it's bound to happen sooner or later. But if ever a sequel gets released to any movie that we've covered on this podcast up to this point, and this is our 125th episode and it's not happened yet, knock wood, um, we will cover it on the main feed. We'll, we'll I'll make gladly it feed cover episode. it. Look, I I'm, dare them. I dare them to make a sequel. To and this. some of those I think will be a joy for some of us. Some of those will be a slog for some of us. This one I think would be a joy for all of us. At least uh, the prospect of it would be a joy. Well, for I all mean, of us. if they have the good sense to turn down shitty scripts, then mm. I trust them. I mm. trust them. Um, so this opens, uh, like I said, limited domestic release, uh, limited theatrical release, September 30th, 2011. Uh, in number one that week is uh, a little movie called Dolphin Tale, up from third place in its second week. Is that that one where Morgan Freeman made a, a tale for a dolphin? Um, yes, yes, I think it is. Um, that Small movie was bullshit. the number one movie in America at one point. What the hell are we doing, America? 
Um, in oh, second no. place, one of my favorite movies of 2011, uh, a little movie called Moneyball. Um, Moneyball for yeah, all the money. That was pretty good. Moneyball fucking rips, dude. I That's don't like good. sports movies. Moneyball might be my favorite sports movie. I love Moneyball. Moneyball's it's good. it's real well made, and like Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill just fucking They're murder good. it. And so also, also America's favorite, um, America's favorite actor, Chris Pratt, is in that movie as well. He has his moments. Uh, America loves him, and the internet is totally chill about him. And uh, apparently, he's never done anything wrong ever. Um, in third place, uh, the re I, I, I kid, uh, the third place is, uh, a re-release of the lion King, uh, the original oh. animated film, the lion King, uh, it earned oh. $10 million this week. Um, and it's been in, uh, it's been out for 903 weeks, oh. uh, in fourth place, uh, a movie called courageous. Um, what if, what if some people were courageous? I don't, I don't know. I don't what know if anything courage about existed. Movie. What if, what if courageousness? I don't know. Uh, the summary for this one, uh, as law enforcement, officers, um, uh, the, their main characters are confident and focused. They willingly stand up, uh, the worst the streets have to offer something, something copaganda. Oh my God. I don't care. On. <laughs> oh, you know what? This is one of those fucking faithful films. Oh, I hate it already. Oh, it's a Jesus movie. It's a Jesus movie. Um, and uh, in fifth place, a movie I saw in theaters, Fifty uh, Fifty. Uh, what if Joseph Gordon-Levitt has cancer? And what if his good friend is Seth and Rogen? And Seth Rogen's in. <laughs> yeah. what yeah. if you You're really almost there. You're almost there. I'm close. Yeah. What if you really liked iced tea and lemonade drinks? That's true. Sometimes you want an Honor Palmer, Arnold Palmer, Arnie P. Arnie P. Uh, rounding out the top ten, you've got Dreamhouse in sixth place. Ab- uh, Abduction. The the last John Singleton movie, Abduction, in seventh place. Uh, What's Your Number in eighth place. Killer Elite in ninth place. And in tenth place, the movie that did a lot of business in 2010, Contagion. Oh, is that the one with Chris Pine? Uh, Contagion. I'm thinking Carriers. I'm thinking Carriers. Yeah, Contagion's a, a Soderbergh movie, like with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, Paltro I don't care about and, that. But yeah. hey, have you guys seen Carriers, though? No. Oh. Of course I haven't. It's uh, so... When the pandemic first dropped, you know what I mean? Like early March 2020, sure, we sure. were all just living our lives. Then all of a sudden it was a pandemic. And then all of a sudden Jimmy, we weren't anymore. Right. Me and Jimmy were like, this is going to last a couple months. We should watch pandemic movies. And we started with Carriers because it's a fine fucking film. You, you and everybody else. Like Contagion, as I recall, was on Netflix. And it was like one of the most watched movies that month on Netflix. Watch Carriers, you guys. It's on my it's on my voodoo in the good. It's on the good list. On Go the to good, the good, good list and look for Carriers and watch it because it's good as hell. What's that gal in it? It's Chris Pine and that one gal I like a lot. What's her name? Something or other. Piper yeah, Parabu. that's the one. Oh, Piper Parabo. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That movie's real, real good. Yeah, she's in uh, Looper. Brian Johnson's well, Looper. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know who else is in that movie? Uh, my least favorite actor from uh, from the Evil Dead remake, uh, Lou Taylor Pucci. Yeah, you hate that guy. Fuck that guy. It's his hair. I don't. I think you don't. Honestly, like every time I see a movie where there's that like character type, uh, like I watched X again over the weekend with my girlfriend who'd never <laughs> seen it, and there's the the cinematographer's got like the long hair and the glasses, oh, and I'm like, so fuck you, Lou him, Taylor though. Pucci, and I'm like, oh no, he's he's not Lou Taylor Pucci. Sorry, that's because that's like guy. good on. Good on Jenna Ortega for like you know doing what she wants, but also like, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I I feel very complicated about it. That's why I like that movie because it makes me feel things. X is good. I liked Pearl too, but I think I liked X more. I like the fact that X was a movie about porno movies, and I didn't think that the sex or nudity was excessive because I'm a big prude when it comes to movies. Not because like I'm a prude, an actual prude, but because Except- I'm just like, can we get can we get on to the stuff that's like about the movie? But it's, it's people putting their wieners and stuff and smooching. So what you're telling me is you're the world's biggest Caligula fan. I don't know what that means, but whatever. The movie Caligula with Malcolm McDowell and Helen Mirren. Did you say Benicula? Caligula. book about a rabbit? Benicula? Nope. I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking Caligula, the movie about the Roman emperor, which was uh, written by Gore Vidal and financed by the, the president of Penthouse Magazine. Man, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, for the best, probably. Yeah, is is pretty fucked. Um, cool. And yeah, you given what you just told us, you probably wouldn't like it. But no, X, great movie. Watch watch X if you haven't seen it. It's on Hulu right now, I think. So go. And even if you're a it. cinematic prude of sorts, it's real, real good. The movie, the the nudity is not gratuitous. The violence, kinda, but the the nudity, not so much. I mean, it is a horror film, Steve. I mean, somewhat look. of a slasher, you might say. You might. You might, Which are you known for being excessively gory when the MPAA allows it. The Tomatometer score on Tucker and Dale versus Evil is an 85%. One of the rare instances where the Tomatometer score and the audience score are the exact same as of this recording. Nice. The critics consensus, like the best horror comedies, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, minds its central crazy joke for some incredible scares, laughs, and believe it or not, heart. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, it gets a 65 on Metacritic, generally favorable reviews based on 23 critics. And the letterbox score is a 3.6. Brett, out of five stars, how do you rate Tucker and Dale versus Evil? What the fuck is wrong with these people? 3.6 is way too fucking low. I gave it way a four and a half. Low. Yeah. Uh, Tucker, what about you? Four and a half, man. It's damn near perfect. And uh, I gave it a four. Like, I, this movie yeah. fucking rips. It's great. Yeah, dude. Respect. Um, yeah, this, this movie is, is fucking fun. Um, and uh, how dare you think otherwise, quite frankly. Um, no, it's, it's good. It's real, real good. And uh, yeah, we, we, we like it. So uh, look, if you haven't seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil and you've made it this far, Get your head out of your ass and go watch Tucker Dale versus Evil. Yeah, just it's, go watch it. It's literally on like half the streaming services that exist. So you've got Prime. Check it out. Just watch it. Yeah. And if you don't, call me personally and I'll sign you into my Voodoo account and you can watch it on my Voodoo account. There you go. Like uh, we we announced on our on our Patreon that we uh, had kind of had to we had to call an audible last minute and a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, the Frozen Cusser and patron. Uh, basically told he said uh, thank you for giving me an excuse to rewatch that movie. Good old Tudic. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a good movie. So good. Yeah, and so. consistently and reliably good. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that you can just throw it. You can go ten years without watching it, or you can go an hour without watching it, and it's, it's just consistently great. And if you've seen it before, it's a really good background movie. It's just a movie to kind of have on while you're like doing stuff, and occasionally you look up at the screen and you're like, oh, fuck, I love this scene. Like, yes. it's it's, again, like, in the, in the comedy's great. Like, just every time Alan Tudyk says, hey, college kids, I just kind of <laughs> fucking lose it, because it's so great. Like, every time he pours beer onto a wound... <laughs> 
everything. Yeah, for everything. Which, is, which was apparently his idea. Like his idea yes, was, I'm was going to use beer yeah. to fix. Like when he got the bee stings, like I'm just going to pour my beer on it. And they're like, that's perfect. Do that all the time. Speaking of beer, something I wanted to point out. I don't know if this is in any of the trivia or anything, but it's the fact that you're drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon, which is the exact same beer that, that I drinks in the movie that I learned from an inside source years ago that I cannot reveal is that they got the uh, product placement deal with PBR, but they were only allowed to show a certain amount of PBR cans and they were not allowed to show PBR in any scene where someone is drinking and doing something irresponsible. Which is why when they're driving and drinking beers, mm-hmm. those aren't PBR cans. Right. They are not. When they're fishing and drinking beers, those are not PBR cans. Any other time where they're just having a good time, when they're pouring it on his bee stings? <laughs> yes, PBR. <laughs> At the end, when he gives him gives him his beer with his yep. favorite sipping utensil. And literally calls it out as a PBR. Yeah. 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 But wasn't it the most prominent, the one most prominent feature I remember is in the fishing boat when he opens there's the last one in there and it's just it's a pbr it's right there oh you're right you're right you're right because i mean i was gonna say what's irresponsible about fishing well i i drinking beer and fishing go hand in hand exactly that's true they were made it depends on i feel like it depends on the kind of boat you're using i mean this is not a glass bottom boat so there's that No. no i mean if you're if you're driving something then you probably shouldn't be drinking but they weren't driving they were just sitting out on the water I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why you're right and I'm wrong and I misremembered. So let's move on, boys. No, I think we need to drive this point home for another 10 minutes. Let's go. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I I could probably pee a couple times. You just gotta gotta do what I do. Drop the correction. Feel good about yourself and then move on. (laughs) I'm out. Acknowledge the fact that you're better than them and then move on. Yeah. Indeed, people be making mistakes and shit. Just, just take solace in that smug sense of superiority that you feel. Fuck yes, <laughs> Who, uh, me? Uh, never inject that shit right into my veins. Hook I'm exactly, I'm ex- exactly as good as everybody else. That's how I see it. That's why you're the best of us, Tucker. Hey, man, or the worst of Thanks. us depends, because you know there's you some know, pretty bad people out there. That's the that's the second best compliment I've gotten this week. You want to know what the first one was? What's that? I was at a, a meeting with uh, the people that interact with my daughter at her school, and they said that I write very pleasant emails. Mm. Like they made a po- all of them made a point to agree and be like, "Yeah, that's the email guy. Like this guy writes an email. And he's serious <laughs> about it." Like, and I I've never felt say... so proud in my life. Like, I thought you were going to say write you're... a fucking email, you guys. I thought you were going to say your kid gave you a, a a mug that said "World's Okayest Dad," and you were like, "Oh, I have that mug already. <laughs> I've had that for years, actually. I've been okayest for a long time, gentlemen. Yeah, man, there's nothing wrong with being just as good as everybody else. Oh, I love it. Look, speaking of being as okay as ever, uh, just as good as everybody else. Hey, look, we're this is the disenfranchised podcast, people. Um, and look, we're, we're some friends who, who love talking to each other about movies and, uh, some boys. hopefully you like listening to us. If you do, um, if you really would be so kind, swing on over to, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a nice five-star, uh, rating and review if you would, please. And thank you. Particularly if you're leaving it on Apple podcast, we could use all the help we can get there. Uh, help that agar- help twist that algorithm to get us all the, uh, all the, all the, all the downloads that, that people crave in this business um are we the are we the biggest podcast no are we the flashiest no are yes. we the best probably not yes but you know what 
we're my favorite podcast. So there's that. Um, that's not even true. Um, but look, we're the only podcast that I'm on consistently. And that's saying something. That is something, I guess. <laughs> that's, your that's, own that's podcast a... isn't even your favorite. What not the fuck? Not even your favorite. Uh, I wow. rem... I rem... Never mind. I'll... You're fired, uh, Steven. Blank check again. is good, but it's not better than us. Fired again. Get the fuck out. I'm Second look time at me. Look this at me. week, Steven. Look at me. Fired. I'm the host now. <laughs> Fired. Um, fuck. We're having a great time. I, I love you guys. Um, it's the best of times. You can also shoot us an email, disenfranchpod at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think. Uh, who knows? Uh, we may even read what you have to write here on the podcast itself. So if you ever wanted to hear my voice read your words, there is Yo, no better time. We love reading fan mail. And you know what we love even more than that? outside of cash donations of over a million dollars is fan art right like we did we did get a little bit of fan art we did get some fan uh, art from friend like, of the show garrick not jay hardy from the Fly like casual if podcast I, if i throw a cast out there and mention the fan art again maybe maybe we'll get some more yeah would love to get some more fan art uh we actually and if you want to see garrick's fan art it's on our instagram page in fact yeah, we're on cool. all the social medias instagram facebook letterboxd at disenfranch pod uh you can find us at all of those locations um you can also head over to our patreon patreon.com slash disenfranch pod this month to coincide with our uh spookython redux spookython part yeah uh, we're doing, uh, in on also in honor of last week's main feed episode on resident evil, uh, welcome to raccoon city. We're doing all resident evil behind the paywall. Um, as of the time of this recording, we should very soon have an episode of oops, all video game corner, uh, getting released hopefully within the next week. I'm going to have it done before the 15th. Uh, I haven't got a chance to look at it because it's big and scary. It's the snakes in the pet shop and Pee Wee's Big Adventures to it's, me right now because it's like it's fragmented. It's over three hours long. It's it's a long one. It's a beast. It's going to take a lot of time. If you want to you want to hear me fall asleep in real time, um, not because the episode's boring, but just because I was up really late the night before and that episode went really long. Um, it Actually, it's it's good. It's good. It's a good episode. Like Brett brings his a game to that and it's it's a fucking slapper of an episode that is that is at the five dollar level and at the three dollar level we're going to be talking about resident evil colon the final chapter um the last movie and the paul ws anderson uh resident evil franchise um i call it the resident evil directed by at least it's not uve bowl i mean yes yeah. We're gonna look. We could probably have a whole Uva Bowl month on this podcast. Please, can we do it after the Larry Cohen month though? Because I'm really looking forward to the Larry Cohen month. Oh no, it'll it'll spoilers. Absolutely, yeah, spoilers <laughs> for a thing we we've talked about in the text thread. We have no idea when it's gonna happen, but nope. it's gonna happen. I have a day. vague idea, but I I need to hear it with the rest of the group first. So with the boys, with the boys. Um, but yeah, that that's the thing that we're wanting to do. Um, but yeah, look, we've got we got some fun stuff planned and we've got some great stuff behind the paywall. Patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. There are two levels you can join at, the three or the five dollar level. Both gives you access to hours of content behind the paywall. So definitely check that out. Um, I'm your host, Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on social media at Chewy Walrus on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Brett, where can we find you on social media these days? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd. It's us underscore warlock. Tucker, what about yourself? 
You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash ice909. That's I-C-E-N-I-N-E, the number zero and the number nine. And that is all we wrote for our Tucker and Dale versus Evil episode of the Disenfranchised Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, for my co-host, Brett Wright and Tucker. Until next time, I I think we have to hide all the all the sharp objects, guys. It's been a doozy of a day. It's been a doozy of a day. College kids just killing themselves on our property. Hey, college kids. We got your friend. We got your friend. <laughs>